Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today we are reviewing Lower Deck Season 2 Finale, First First Contact. Like always, I'm your host Clarence and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than Carrie Brown. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Glad to be back. Glad to have you on as you have given us such prophetic words early on for season two of Lower Decks. <laughs> hmm. Have you been surprised that most of what you, well, what you said is, is totally come true for, for the most part with the exception of the last two episodes? I mean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird looking back at all the episodes and just seeing that, oh man, Kara was so right. He was so right, he didn't even know it. But also on the podcast, we have Jonathan Shorts. How are you doing, man? I am doing great, man. Doing great. Just enjoying a cool night. Glad to see the cooler weather coming in. So means I have more time to spend podcasting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome all to the USS Rutabaga as we <laughs> continue oh, God. our reviews. <laughs> So, what we do on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek in somewhat excessive detail. In addition to talking all things Trek, please leave a review, like, and also subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are currently listening on, you know, to make sure you don't miss an episode. Now it's time for Trek Trivia. Trek Trivia is where we ask a burning Trek-related question. Jonathan, what was our last question and what was the answer? Oh boy. So the <laughs> Alright, so full disclosure, our last question uh was Gene Roddenberry allowed for five named Galaxy class starships in Trek Canon. Uh we had one which we assume we never saw on screen, but we assume as with all class ships, it's the class is always named after the first ship. So we assume one of them would have been the USS Galaxy. Mm-hmm. The other one would have been the USS Enterprise. And there was another. And I gave you a hint that the name, I gave you a hint of the name and the hint was vegetable. Or as Tasha said, it could also be a fruit. Do we know the name of that third one? I actually did not find it. What I did find off of Memory Alpha was the USS Odyssey. Yeah, so the Odyssey came a little later, so that would have been another named ship. That Odyssey was one that was destroyed in DS9, but that was not the one I was referring to. But it is a correct answer, because I said you could name two, but it's one I was thinking about. Hmm. Uh, Vegetable. No idea. So the answer to that was the USS Yamato. Oh, okay. (laughs) Makes sense. It was destroyed in the episode Contagion. If it helps you, class, I don't really remember that episode very much, but I remember the ship name. So that was the Galaxy Class Starship. So you had the Enterprise, the Yamato, and the presumed USS Galaxy. And we learn further into canon around DS9 area, there was the Odyssey, which was destroyed by the Jim Hadar. Now, when I said maybe I should have done a little more research on this question, because there is a kind of a curveball. I did say named, and none of these other (laughs) Galaxy-class ships were named, but throw a rock in it to say on one of the major battle scenes when the Federation was trying to take back DS9 from the Dominion, they had an entire Galaxy-class wing. Really? Interesting. Now, now, once were those ships named, and they all looked exactly the same, (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, all class ships do look the same, but uh, none of them were named. So, technically, I wasn't wrong. Just wasn't entirely accurate. So, let me ask you this. I have a question back for you. Was the was the Galaxy-class ship the only ship that allowed for saucer separation? And I don't know the answer to this, but I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, well, don't put me on the spot. I'm not going to give you a 100% definite, but I do believe it was. Other, other than the... I cannot, I, and I can't remember the name of the ship. There was an experimental ship with the actor Andy Dick on it in in um, Voyager. And that was the Pegasus. Was that the Pegasus? No, Prometheus. 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 Yeah, the Prometheus. You're right. You're right. You're right. 
Now, yeah. necessarily, it didn't sep- the saucer section didn't separate as much as the ship kind of split in half on the lateral side. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it didn't necessarily split didn't split from the nacelles. Yeah. Now, from my recollection, I can't remember any other ship doing that except for, you know, I guess the closest thing it would be, which we never actually seen until spoilers, uh, the episode of Cerritos is the captain yacht supposedly be kind of underneath the saucer section that'll separate from it. Yeah. And supposedly Voyager had one, Enterprise has one. Cool. So what's our question for next week, sir? All right. So this one is not going to be such a deep cut. But it will give you a challenge all the same. I am. I'm kind of a self-proclaimed Trekkie. And the reason I say that is because I've seen, I'm going to say almost every episode of every Star Trek ever made as that came, you know, on regular broadcast television. Uh, and now the streaming service is the only thing I had not really watched all the way through was the original series. And I've not watched any of the animated series, but that is a lot of trick. And I got to thinking about how much trick is that exactly? So my question is, there was there has been up until today and currently, currently, even including Prodigy, there is a total of 38 seasons of Star Trek television. Mm. How many episodes total is that? I kind of know this. I know the Uh-oh. range. I know the range because a few <laughs> weeks back I saw on Twitter where they said they had reached their 800th episode. So I think it's maybe somewhere between 800 and 810, maybe somewhere in there. Ah. But I don't know the exact number. So that's just my range guess. <laughs> if, it was, if it was price prices, right? I said eight, 801. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Carrie, do you care to, you know, throw in a guess? Uh. Uh, I have no idea. I'm going to say 1,500. I don't know. Wow. All right. Do you want an answer or you want to wait? I think it's good enough to put an answer. It's not a deep question. Yeah. Let's go ahead and give the answer for this week since I think we're we're going to be off next week because there's no Star Trek next week. So go ahead and give us the answer, sir. So, Clarence, if you were on Prices Right, you would have been the lucky one that won the total number up to Strange New Worlds. All the episodes they have planned for Prodigy, Strange New Worlds, Picard, and all that, uh, we're at 8.07. Beep, 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 beep. Now, I can tell you where your number went off a little different, because on the list I'm looking at, it is counting the short tricks. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Well, well yeah, that, hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I guess this still makes sense, because I really didn't research it when I heard the number thrown out there on Twitter, because I think it was posted by the Star Trek official Twitter account. I didn't really, like, research it. I just assumed they knew what they were talking about. So, when they said 800, okay, I, it has to be somewhere close to 800-ish, because that was just a couple of, you know, a few weeks back, so. All right. Cool beans. And I guess one more quick question. What do you, which uh, series you think had the most episodes? Hmm. I mean, you can narrow that narrow it down to two for sure. Well, I can narrow it down to 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 three. Is the three seasons that ran the three shows that ran seven seasons, of course, um, as in TNG, DS Nine, or Voyager. But I would probably say TNG because it seems like I remember some of those seasons being twenty six episodes or twenty five episodes long. So that that's going to be where I'm guessing, but I totally could be wrong on that. <laughs> well, then you are absolutely right. TNG had a total of 178 episodes over seven seasons. The next closest would have been DS9 with 176 episodes over seven seasons. Mm. Wow. I win. <laughs> Tell them what is one, Bob. <laughs> absolutely nothing. But <laughs> <laughs> Pride and admiration. That's what there I win. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have any news and updates for tonight. Uh, I think we kind of got all through all that last week. Other than William Shatner didn't die. He he, mm-hmm. he came back in one piece. <laughs> and he's beefing with George Takai. Zulu's throwing shade. <laughs> really? Already? <laughs> he said he was a guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Quit hating on the chat, man. That was, <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I you know, did was it a big publicity stunt? Yes. yes. But still, he got to go to space. And 
I think it's still cool that William Shatner, our Captain Kirk himself, got to actually travel into the, as he put it, out there, death, down there, life. <laughs> Listen, he, I, I really felt him when, like, he, when he, the words he had said when he landed, like, it may have been publicity stun and all that, but, like, it kind of, he, like, his, his mind was blown for sure. Yeah. It felt very genuine. Yeah. Um, like, his words, he said, I hope I never recover from this. Like, that's yeah. pretty good. But let's, I mean, let's lose, use the term space lightly. Like, right? <laughs> he saw the curve. <laughs> he was technically in space. You know, Te- technically. Technically, he was in some space. I just, uh, no, he was in like what is officially recognized as outer space, but. Yeah, the Carmen line. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just got depressed when he was kind of having his little spill, and then Bezos cuts him off to pop champagne. And like, I felt like especially especially like bad about it because I don't think he's big on like alcohol and stuff because his his wife, she like got drunk and drowned and died in the pool. Wow. Um, I did not know that. Me neither. And it just seemed like he was not having a good time after he started popping the. <laughs> yeah. Like Bezos, you're just ruining his get, get, get out the camera. You are just ruining the moment. We don't want to see you. Nobody wanted to see him. That was the horrible <laughs> part. And he knew it, too, and couldn't stand it. Right. Exactly. Oh, boy. Nobody was there for him. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I know the first thing I said was kind of depressing, but this thing I thought was kind of cool is there's this cut where all four of the real astronauts are, like, twirling around, like, yeah, 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 look at me. <laughs> and he's just silent just staring at the earth just like speechless right. i thought that was so cool he was like wow i can't believe this like it really blew his mind and that, and that kind of gives you a difference of like the generational gap you know what i mean yeah well it's not, it's not only that it's like he's done all he's had this great illustrious career where he's done all this amazing stuff and in like a couple moments, he realized none of it even matters right, in the yeah. grand scale of things. You know, I think yeah. it was maybe some kind of realization like that. I don't know. Yeah. And he's sort of an adventurer. I mean, he's a pilot, so he sees yeah. a lot of the earth. <laughs> yeah. But I don't imagine it's a lot different there. And I mean, he says as much, but like Harry said, it's just, you know, all the, the other people are kind of like in the whole, look at me. Yeah. And he's like, he's enjoying an experience that, very few people will ever have in their life yeah. like and it's important to like absorb that instead of yeah try to put yourself in it you know what i mean it's yeah i felt like his silence just said everything you know as much like as i get annoyed with him with some of the stuff he says on twitter it seems <laughs> like he has like he has proper perspective on life just from that one clip 90 years old man and i'll just add like Sort of uh, the the Elon Musk versus the Bezos trips. Like, I think on the Elon Musk trip, they actually did like science. They were in space for a couple of days and they actually did science while they were out there. (laughs) Whereas this is purely tourism, which, hey, given a chance, I'd go, you know. Oh, I would, too. But I mean, that kind of shows you a difference. I mean, Elon Musk also has a business perspective, but I think he has more of a scientific exploration that would be beneficial to business whereas i think you know jeff bezos and um what's the guy virgin galactic i mean they're just interested in yeah branson just interested in space tourism yeah it would be cool if they could and i know we need to move on but it would be cool if they could construct a vehicle where it would all be an intact be intact and they could just land vertically back and i know that's what they're trying to do with the um spaceship one uh on the elon musk side of things starship yeah yeah, so I don't know, man. I'm just still excited by, by it. I may never have a chance to do it myself. I'm still, you know, excited by it, intrigued, and want to see it go further. Yeah, which Starship can get make it to the Carmen line without any extra boosters. Yeah, which is pretty cool. <laughs> no, but the rocket, he's putting a super heavy under it to get to the moon and further. All right, well, that's our news and updates. We're going to go right into our review of Star Trek Lower Decks. First first contact first first contact is the season two finale of star trek lower decks the episode was written by mike mcmahon and was directed by jason zirik 
In the season two finale, the USS Cerritos is tasked to aid another starship on a first contact mission. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. We don't have Cal Jones tonight, so there will be no beats unless somebody want to offer up some beats of the episode. I really didn't prepare anything myself. So um, anybody want to jump in here? I'll I'll say this, and it's probably going to be reminiscent of Cal's previous beats. But why not this all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Why not this all the time? Certainly, certainly great words there. And I feel the same way, dude. I mean, while we got to wait to the last two episodes of every season for something is good. Right. But with that said, John, go ahead and give us your high level view of the episode. Man, I honestly like best episode of Lower Decks I've seen hands down from beginning to end. Like I sit down and started it and it kind of got me and I was in it to the end. It gave me everything that I've been groaning and moaning about they didn't do in all the other episodes they gave it to us here and again i keep going back to there was a storyline a consistent storyline with a good problem that we needed to solve and an excellent solution to it it wasn't a goofy problem and a goofy solution and a bunch of slapstick like there was funny there was humor there was some callbacks that were not in your face callbacks other than a couple and there was like a a a Star Trek like problem and a Star Trek like solution. I loved it. Yeah. And this one was actually written by Mike McMahon. And I'm not sure I'm looking at the list now. He wrote Strange Energies, which is the first episode of the season. And that looks like that's about it in the last episode. So, man, I don't know. I just think the writers are just so varied and different. I think I'm becoming to like some of the writers much more over the other ones because some of them are going are, are very much less of that slapsticky um humor because it mm. seems like all the rep- episodes that mike mcmahon actually writes are pretty good for the most part uh with the, i didn't like strange energies though which the the first episode of the season but but yeah i mean i don't know i just hope yeah. the writer room continues to get better with with the next season and not don't don't wait till the last two episodes of the season to get to give me the good stuff <laughs> Right. They're just trying to hook you into next season so you can watch another boatload of crap. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have to extend my apologies to Mike Mahan because like I I really and I think I said a couple of times, like I thought he was just this was just terrible for him to be running this show. Uh, But if his vision for this show is reflected in his writing of this episode, then I have a little more faith. Well, Carrie, what's your high level view of the episode, man? Well, I mean, I thought it was a great representation of what this show can and should be. I know I've been up and down on the show pretty much the whole season, or at least the episodes I was on. And I feel like it's best when it has Star Trek stuff happen and Star Trek people react to it in the Star Trek way. And then the Lower Decks people, their interpretation of it is what makes the episode interesting of like whatever is happening to me like that's when this show is the best so i don't know that's it. i really enjoy this show because there was quite a few things thrown at them so yeah carrie I, I absolutely love what you just said like that pretty much explains what i've been looking for i couldn't figure out words to say it but that that's absolutely correct like we're gonna call it lower decks but we also call it star trek so why not do i hope they're listening do what carrie said yeah. And I agree, too. I mean, let Star Trek come first. <laughs> Make it a Star Trek episode and let's add in these sprinkle, sprinkles of what the Lower Deckers are and what they do and their zaniness. I, I wouldn't mind an entire episode of the Lower Decks people just wilding out, you know, as long as Star Trek, whatever is supposed to be Star Trek is actually Star Trek. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it totally does. It totally does. It just... I feel like for me, it often just doesn't seem authentic when they're just doing stuff that's not very tricky, you know? Yeah. Like disobeying orders, going off the reservation. And I mean, we even find in this episode that, and, and I, this is one point of the episode I didn't like, is that Captain Freeman has been, and we, we assumed as much, but she's basically, basically been shielding <laughs> Mariner from being kicked out of Starfleet. Yeah. 
we we've mentioned it many times, but I don't think we've ever heard it stated explicitly in the show. And they say it in this episode. Yeah. Uh, another thing I really can appreciate about this episode and like the way this this is written is they weren't like any unnecessary name drops just to be like, <laughs> hey, 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 Picard. Um, hey, hey, hey. You know, yeah. like they throw they throw in Sonya Gomez, who like I didn't even know who that was. Number one, but like. You know, I like to read the information about the episode. So just seeing that there's lore attached to that name without them even really saying a whole lot about it is to me, that's really, really cool. As opposed to like spending a minute and a half, like explaining who this person is, like right after you, they name dropped them or something like, I don't know. I, always, I think the the way they did it is the much cooler way. They did do one name drop I didn't like, though. It, well, go ahead and let us know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's further down, but the Jedzia Dex. Yeah, that one got on my nerves. <laughs> I was like, really? We're, well, like, yeah. What was even the point? Like, the whole- <laughs> like yeah, Tiano's like, I don't know who the fleet that is. Uh, <laughs> Which is hilarious. That might be oh, what they Because <laughs> usually when they name somebody, everybody knows everything about them, you know. And then this one, she's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> So I did appreciate that one just because of Tiana's re- Tiana's reaction. I thought that was pretty funny. But you know, and and I heard somebody else call Star Trek Lower Decks Star Trek Easter eggs because that's basically what it is. <laughs> but you're right, Kara. You were definitely hit it on the mark by saying when they just make it so subtle and is not beating you over over the head with the Easter eggs. Right. There was one point warmed my heart so much. I'm like, if you're gonna do an Easter egg, this is how you do it. I mean, already with the captain, uh, Sonia Gomez, but there's a moment when an ensign on her bridge trips and falls. Right. And she's like, don't, don't, don't be embarrassed by that. I embarrassed myself in front of a great captain back in the day. Oh, yeah. And if you know that, you know, she's talking about when she spilled coffee <laughs> on Picard. You know, it <laughs> just warmed great. my heart to hear that, man. <laughs> And then I did like, I know we're jumping into it, but I also like to call back to Enterprise with the panels, taking the uh, hull panels off. So help me out with that one. I don't remember that one. The only thing I remember is like the deflector dish being taken off at one point. Yeah, that happened on, well, that may have been on Enterprise too. Was it First Contact or something? It may have been. I don't remember. Well, I know they've taken the deflector dish off a couple of different times. Uh, There was a TNG episode, I think, maybe in, or... Anyway, I don't know. There was a DS9 and they were on another ship. They took it. Anyway, I don't remember what the deflector dish was, but on the Enterprise, there was a uh, instance where they had a, a mine that stuck to the hull of the ship and they had to remove like two or three panels uh, to get to it. So Trip and Captain Archer went out to do it in their suits and it was the exact same way. Like they had to pull oh. that little handle out, turn it push it back in a certain way and trip got hurt and it was a it was <laughs> but i mean it was a good episode on that because it kind of gave us a view into like trip and archer's relationship and it was a very dramatic episode to not have much there but i just felt like that was a good callback and subtle like you said yeah just just hit me with the subtle stuff don't beat me over the head i, I and and and, and I think what I love about it most is when I can go and look it up and get, you know, I can get those warm and fuzzies from either I know it or look it up and then get the uh, warm and fuzzies, you know. But the Cerritos rendezvous with the USS Archimedes, the design of the Archimedes is the they called it the Obana class, but it generally looks like the Excelsior class and a mixture of Excelsior and Sovereign, Sovereign class ships. So I thought that was cool. Of course, captained by uh, Sonia Gomez. And we talked about it briefly. But but John, uh, do you remember the two episodes or the few episodes we saw her in? I just remember the two. The uh, one when she first uh, arrived on the Enterprise in TNG. Uh, and let me tell you, total different transformation. Like you, we always talk about wanting to see character growth. And like without seeing the in-between, like I love the growth of her character in that between point you know so when she was first when she first went on enterprise she was a nervous wreck like she was talking real fast when she got nervous she was scared to meet people she was just fidgety and weird she even got on jordy's nerves a lot (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and there was another episode where i don't quite remember it was a shuttle accident or 
they were on the shuttle with Picard or Picard was on the shuttle accident and she came up with the idea to save them, which kind of started getting her favor with the crew. Yeah. So so the two episodes I have written down, maybe she was in more, but I remember Q who and uh, Samaritan's there, which are both episodes we've reviewed in our feed. So, um, you know, anybody listening can go check those out as well. And funny enough, Samaritan Sarah's episode introduced us to the Packlets as well. <laughs> hey, before you get off her, did you guys know it's the same actor? Yes, yes, yes. I did. Alicia Naff. She's the, the same actor that played her in TNG is the voice actor for the character in the episode. That is awesome. 32 years apart, I think. Freaking amazing. That probably kind of helped with the feel of the growth of the character because just her actual growth as like the tone of voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, if you, if you would think, uh, well, I don't know if, do you remember from TNG much, Carrie? I remember seeing the episodes, yeah. but I mean, I don't remember like a, a whole lot, but I, I know I've seen at least one of those episodes because she looked familiar when I saw the screenshot. Yeah. So, so she reminds me a lot of Boimler. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Good point. Yes, absolutely. And the way she was nervous and the way she acted in those episodes. But very now I'm smart. Have to go back and watch them. <laughs> so they're there to assist with first contact of Lapirians. Uh, so I found this interesting. The Lapirian planet is in a system, the lap system, a system which is which has an unstable planetoid in the vicinity of the Lapirian homeworld. So the Cerritos has been instructed to wait outside of the system. You know, which I thought was kind of weird until the USS Archimedes has made first contact as to not scare these new people uh, that they're making first contact with. So, uh, you know, I love that we saw Admiral Freeman again, but it was kind of weird to me that it didn't really mention much about their relationship. Uh, Captain and Admiral Freeman, they really didn't get personal at all, which I guess is fine, but it just felt kind of weird to me. They didn't go any deeper. Uh, I think that may have been a good thing. It would have kind of detracted from the story, the current storyline. Like, I don't think we needed to add that another level of emotional drama to what was already going on. I mean, you already had a relationship going through some things with Mariner and uh, Captain Freeman. Like, I don't think Adnanian would have made it would make storyline a little too complicated, in my opinion. So, Carrie, you're a sports guy. Yeah. When, 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 a, when you get a new head coach, he brings in his own assistant coaches and, you know, he brings his team in to run the show. Same thing with, you know, a TV showrunner. They bring in their own production crew and all this stuff. <laughs> Was it odd that they wouldn't let Freeman bring her own crew to her new, I guess she's getting a new ship. Did that feel kind of odd to you? Yeah. I mean, you, you want to, you want the captain to be in the best possible position to lead and, if everybody is a, like, if you're the only new person that goes in there, you're not, you know, everybody's going to kind of be judging you by the last captain and, you know, th- just going to take a while to establish trust. Whereas if she brings her own people in, it's like, bam, they're ready to hit the ground running. So it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But in, in defense of the writer, uh, we've seen it in trick. Well, twice I can think of. Uh, and neither time did that captain bring anybody with them. They just kind of had to go in. So you had one instance where, and I don't remember his name, but you remember the episode of TNG when Picard was going on a mission, a secret mission, Romulan mission, I think we look at Spock. Anyway, the captain like kind of took over that ship and they were assuming it was going to be permanent because they were assuming Picard wouldn't make it back. And I remember the biggest, one of the biggest drama lines was you know Riker was assuming first <laughs> officer for him and he wasn't yeah. really getting along with Riker so I mean that that was one instance and another instance you know it's kind of a loose loose instance but you know when Cisco took over DS9 like they just sent him there he was there with his son and then he had to kind of assume Major Kira as his first officer yeah yeah I guess that does make sense but Speaking of like a new ship, I know that Picard like chose all his staff. I mean, he's mentioned that many times of, of how he chose Riker and it's, you know, the people that surrounding him. So I don't know, maybe just kind of <laughs> depends on when and where you get assigned to your new your new post. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. Picard took over the Enterprise and then went, chose Riker like he didn't show up to Enterprise with Riker. Hmm. 
Yeah. Like he, he got the ship and then maybe chose outside stuff. I just, I don't know. I mean, I get, I get what you're saying, you know, especially in a coaching situation or a production situation, you want to bring the people you trust, but I guess for whatever reason in Trek world, like Starfleet, just rather for the captain to, I mean, just from examples, he'd rather for a captain to kind of come in raw and figure it out. So, so of course, Mariner would be the one to overhear the conversation about Freeman's reassignment. She talks to Boimler about it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She plans to sabotage the whole thing by telling the senior staff. Now, again, you talk about the writing and the authenticity of the writing. I just feel like the way this next part played out when she told them and how they acted, it just felt all natural and real to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, man. And, and you know, I don't one thing I'm kind of weirded out about is I'm not sure they established a good enough relationship between Freeman and Mariner that she would be sad when she left. And maybe they did it. I know they did a lot in the last few episodes. So maybe it was enough to make me believe that she would actually be sad by her mother leaving the ship. But what, what do you guys think? I agree with you, but they kind of maybe like duct taped it up in this episode by saying, you know, pointing out the fact that the people Mariner really cared for and liked, she kind of treated with hatred or pushed them away. So by that logic, like she really loved her mom. Hmm. I, I mean, that's not, it's not perfect, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I guess I'll add that like in this season, she had her relationship with her mother has overall been very different. It, it, you could at least see, seems like she's trying, even though it's not always successful, because because we definitely have gotten more of a um, less um, chaotic Mariner this season. I feel I, I, I like that. I feel like it was it felt more natural than some of the antics she was pulling in season one. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Boimler, Tindy and Rutherford. So Boimler is hard as work on his banner for Captain Freeman Day. Subtle Easter egg, a bit too much? Question mark. I was okay with it. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't exactly in your face, and you wouldn't know it if you didn't know it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was fine. Yeah, and, and, and funny thing is, we had just saw that same banner again in Picard season one, right? When he went to the archive in the library. <laughs> wow. And it was the same art artistic <laughs> design. Do you think she recognized that I made the banner? She probably thought some five-year-old did it. <laughs> oh, Boimler. Oh, man. So, Carrie, what did you think of this whole situation going on with Tindy and Tiana and the, the notion that she's going to get reassigned? How do you feel so, that relationship has progressed? Well, I mean, I really like this this whole kind of character arc they've been on one of the things i've liked about just the entire arc is that even though she was never like nice to her you could tell that she was kind of warming up to her yeah and just like all that kind of came to a head in this episode which i thought was awesome because tendy obviously was expecting the worst based on her perception of their interactions and i thought that was cool that she just kept trying to run away from her <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was that was all funny and cool, and I'm I'm wondering, John, senior science officer. So that does that mean? Don't you have to be a higher than ensign to be a senior science officer, or does that matter? Again, I'm not going to give you 100 percent answer, but I don't think it matters. So technically, on the bridge of TNG, there was not really a senior science officer. I mean, Worf kind of feel that space but whenever i mean so take um but i mean really who in my eyes who played that part on the bridge of tng was wesley crusher mm, yeah true and i guess it, it was kind of a few characters i think that mm. may have kind of filled in <laughs> that role yeah i don't i don't think it would have been i don't i don't think it has to be a specific rank specific so uh, i guess let's move on to talk a little bit about rutherford and its implant um, so, so the fact that he was getting these pop-ups, <laughs> I felt like that was a good throwback to maybe the early internet days when you had pop-up hell. <laughs> but it's in his eyes. <laughs> what sites have he been going to? <laughs> oh, boy. 
Brother Fitler browsed the room, chat room or something. Uh, he typed in one too many X's, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But 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 Carrie, this mystery with these pop ups he got at the end of some weird thing going on that Oh it, it uh, is Rutherford a secret agent? I mean what any thoughts? Hmm. Um, I don't know. The geek in me appreciated the your system is run out of virtual memory <laughs> alerts. <laughs> but yeah, that whole clip with him when he was flipping through his memories, it kind of made me think that <laughs> maybe I'm playing too far ahead here. But it kind of made me think that he's the the he's the one that blew the planet up. <laughs> oh gosh, oh. good call. I'd never thought of that. <laughs> it's oh, possible? you mean Packlet Planet? Yeah, yeah. Because huh. I mean, it's, it's obviously somebody who's been like on that ship. You know, it, I don't think it was the captain, but it's obviously somebody's been on the ship. My guesses were either him or Mariner. Like Mariner's her secret spy, whatever they've been hyping that all season two. So I mean, it could be her. I don't know. So you know, there was a man. Now that you say that, there, so originally before you said that, I was going to kind of go to like a callback to a Voyager episode where uh, Voyager goes to his planet to kind of talk to this guy that's a weapons dealer. He's talking about getting some weapons for the ship to upgrade. And he like experiments on Seven of Nine, but erases that memory mm. from her. Ah, interesting. But now you go back to TNG. There was an episode, I don't know if it's Klingons or Romulans, or somebody like kind of somehow like, I don't know what the word was, hypnotized or something, Jordy LaForge. Remember, they were seeing everything through his visor. Yep. And like here and there, they would kind of have him do things and he wouldn't remember he was doing them. Mm-hmm. So now that you say that, like maybe that's a call out for that. Cause I mean, it, because he, it was the reason they were able to do it to Jordy was because of his visor and how it was connected in his brain. They could actually hack in and control him. And I guess it would be the same thing as Rutherford with this uh, little device. Yeah. I thought it was a stretch for them to say that Captain Freeman did it. So, and I'll just, I have no clue on on how they're going to link it up. But let me say this. I just hope they don't drop it next season. Mm. Because we, we, we had all these stakes last season with Shaq's dying. And we come back the very next season. They don't explain it. He's just back, you know. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into next season and then they just they forget about the the uh, um, Freeman. They forget about what's going on with uh, Rutherford. I just, I just hope when they're setting this stuff up that they do have an actual plan to play it out because that makes the show much more interesting to me. I mean, they can still do their zany and their funny, but, but. I think it's real interesting when they're doing stuff with stakes. They're doing things that has real stakes around it. So what you're saying is you don't want this to be another Fresh Prince of Philadelphia situation, huh? What? <laughs> Remember the season finale of Fresh Prince where he calls Uncle Phil and Uncle Phil's like, when you're coming back? And he's like, that's just it. I'm not. And then the season ends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they come back the next season and they like, they like for, fourth wallet. Like, what does this contract say? Fresh Prince of Phil. This is Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and they like throw him in the car and bring him back. Oh like, Lord. Oh boy. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't remember that. <laughs> I forgot about that. I do not remember that. I just like. I hope it's not like that. I don't know. That was that was rather wordy way to say that, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they have set themselves up for at least three or four good episodes from this episode. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. It's already a foundation. You don't have to do much to add in a, a, just a little bit of backstory and you know what I mean? And then throw in yeah. a little bit of your humor and you have perfect episodes. Just respect the lore, man. Respect the lore. Yeah, have right. your wackiness, but respect the lore. And they're creating their own lore, which makes it so great. That's what I like. That's the juicy, juicy bits I want. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, lore within reason. Like, you're going to call yourself Star Trek. Like, let's just make sure your <laughs> lore you create kind of works in that area yeah yeah and i found it cute that rutherford didn't want to delete his memory because because you know again playing on something that happened earlier in the season he didn't want to forget tindy so they had a good justification for what he was doing which i really oh, appreciate well, just please hook up finally <laughs> <laughs> we have different hookups this season 
Uh. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the Cerritos to the rescue. So we have the Liberian sun flares and the planetoid explodes, which weird. Uh, sending the Archimedes going uncontrollably toward the Liberian homeworld. USS Cerritos to the, to the rescue. Uh, and, and okay, this gets a little swirly, but you know, let's just talk it out. Unable to formulate a plan, <laughs> Freeman heads to the captain's yacht. Jonathan, you mentioned it earlier. Were you actually surprised to see a captain's yacht on a ship as small as the Cerritos? I can't say, I can't really say yes, because we don't really have a lot to base assumptions of captain's yachts. Yeah. You know, we've never really been given a lot of information on that, like limitations and what ships. I mean, I think somewhere we were to assume Janeway had one on Voyager and Voyager was a smaller ship. Yeah. I think the only time we've really seen one is on um, Insurrection. Was it Insurrection? One of the one of the TNG movies. I think it was Insurrection. Right. And I think that's just one of the areas that that trick overall just kind of that was that would have been a good, uh, I don't know, not spinoff, but that's just been a good direction to go in. Just like for one of the filler episodes to explore, because that's that's isn't that not a great idea? Yeah, and and the funny thing is, normally the captain just takes a normal shuttle when he has to go right. <laughs> so, so like, what's the what's all the hype about? Why do we have this yacht? Is that is like the the last escape <laughs> vessel for the captain if if the ship goes down? I don't know. Why would you call it a yacht? Like when you say yacht, I, I, <laughs> it sounds like you know I'm on recreation. The boat. <laughs> not on the boat <laughs> oh man so so mariner follows freeman down to the yacht and i mentioned it earlier but the only reason mariner hasn't been court-martialed marshaled already is because of freeman which i didn't necessarily like but i can see why she would do it i can and, and, and that may be the only reason i guess mariner doesn't want her to go but then they go further to say that mariner they uh, see this was I, I gotta be confused on so they use what Mariner was saying to Freeman and Rutherford used that as a justification for getting for shedding the hull off of the ship. Yeah, I, I really didn't understand that completely. Yeah. <laughs> now that you say she it. should she should open up to people? I don't <laughs> I guess uh, he's saying shut off her defenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they were saying. They were, she needs to shut off her defenses and allow people to Love her? I mean, or know her? Or I don't know. Get to know her? He just They needed a reason for him to have that idea. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Drop drop your defenses by losing their hull plating and not attract the debris from the planetoid, which I don't, I didn't really understand the science around the debris as well. It was a magnetically charged, so it would, the magnetic, okay, I'm trying to understand. I kind of understood it. So, the shields kind of operates on like a polarity thing. Like it just kind of reverses polarity of objects coming toward the ship. Well, and that's what happened to the, what was it? Archimedes ship. Yeah. Archimedes. Like their shields, like the polarity shift and all that, because all these particles in this planet to it was like charged, magnetically charged. So, but what, so they say, well, let's just drop our shields. Well, you can't because the outer hull of a starship also ha- is there for defensive measures and it's magnetically charged which is why they kind of had to release it the way they did those little pull up handles and all that kind of releases that magnetism Hmm. basically so that i get that i kind of get it and it's been explained in a couple episodes of trick on like even that episode of enterprise that we were talking about like they were those things they kept calling them mag something i don't remember what it was so they had to lose the hull and power down the ship why did they power? Because I, because I didn't understand. Like number one, why did they let this view screen go? Yeah, I didn't understand that. That either. was kind of dumb to me. Well, I guess if you're powering down the ship, you can't power the view screen, and he needs to see. So that should have like a full backup or something. I don't know. Yeah, I would think. <laughs> I don't know what that point of that was. And and well, you yeah, know, because then okay, yeah, I get it. Because yeah, there I were lights know. in the ship. There were lights in cetacean ops. Right. So, so there was power somewhere in the ship and it had thrusters. So um, I don't know. It just felt weird to me that they had to lose the screen. Yeah. Just so we could see Ransom use his uh, pump scoop like uh, Riker. <laughs> <laughs> Which you still could have used with the screen. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I didn't understand that whole part. Only so so um, Mariner can get right. saved by Jennifer, I guess. I don't know. Carrie. 
Cetacean Ops. Like, dislike, what the heck? Um, You like the blue whales? Uh, <laughs> that was kind of different, to be honest. Yeah. Uh. So, <laughs> so John, you're the one with the TNG manual of the ship. Did you did you look this up? I did not. I did not. But it is. I did see something because I I was kind of looking that up online, and it mentions it is in the TNG technical manual, which I have not gotten to. Now, it was mentioned somewhere I read. I'm trying to find it. Uh, it was mentioned in... Yeah, there it is. So, oh, well, I guess there was an alternate timeline. Uh, TNG episode, Yesterday's Enterprise. Uh-huh. And Dr. Joshua Kim was ordered to report to this facility on the USS Enterprise D shortly after Galaxy Class Warship encountered a temporal rift. Yeah. So, so let me say this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be okay for me for them to have a cetacean ops, but 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 I don't think beluga whales should be like officers with uniforms. That that's just stupid to me. Yeah, and, then they, <laughs> and listen, another negative part: they found a way to sneak some of that sexual stuff in it. Yeah, the I, comments I, that they were making for Rutherford to jump in—he's all sweaty, you look hot, broad shoulders, jump in. Yeah, yeah. that was weird. Very weird. And I'm like, why would they put a junction to relief mag plating at the bottom of Cetacean <laughs> Ops where nobody can possibly reach it without drowning? And you didn't make it accessible to the Cetaceans. Yeah, the officers, <laughs> they can't pull the lever. We have seen a couple of ships with uh, aquatic creatures. You know, it's the uh, Voyager episode. What was it? The uh, Think Tank episode where they had the big whale looking thing was the telepath i kind of remember that yeah that, that was that was one and then the other was on an enterprise episode when they got into the what was it, the expanse and they were the zindi one of the zindi was a big huge whale-like creature that made this horrendous noise but they like had the most powerful ships oh wow <laughs> i don't and, remember that at all <laughs> yeah so when they got on a ship like their whole ship was water and like they swim anyway it was pretty cool. So, I mean, I was okay with it. Like, I didn't know Starfleet had that. Well, I guess they could. Like, but you know, it was weird how they played that in there. And like you said, the biggest problem was why would you put this thing at the bottom of their tank and not have them be able to access it? Yeah. Of course, we spoke about it before Freeman gets arrested and is carried out in cuffs. Any thoughts or theories here? I don't see how she could have done it. Obviously, she didn't do it. But I do like she had sort of a captain-y moment where she's like, stand down. Let them take me. <laughs> I, I appreciated that. Yeah. And just the heartbreak of of them, you know, lining up because they think she's finna go to another ship. Right. And she's carried out in cuffs. I was like, oh, no. It actually it gave some stakes to Lower Decks. And I really yeah, loved really it. Did. I really did. But I'm, yeah. I'm kind of on board with uh, Carrie's uh, theory. Like. I think somebody reprogrammed Rutherford to do this, and because he's on the Cerritos, it kind of looks like Captain Freeman did it. Could this tie into like a bigger arc of why um the bridge officer came back and he had that whole he he's he's nuts <laughs> episode that yeah that's crazy yeah I, I I hate that they didn't try to explain that. And the way they explained it is to say they never explained it in other shows. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. cop out. <laughs> yeah. I guess it was somewhat funny at the time. But let's talk about this whole Mariner Jennifer thing. Just thoughts on this whole relationship. And did it feel a little forced to you guys? Where did this come from? A little forced. <laughs> yeah. I missed something. Like, I didn't know there was a relationship to be bad. This this reminds me of um the... The um Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies where they like spend most of the movie beating you over the head with the fact that they love each other, Gwen and Peter. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it just felt weird. You know what? When she first bumped into Jennifer at the beginning of the episode and she's like, Stupid little butt <laughs> I'm like I I up my brow and look like, Oh, what what's going on with that? You know, I didn't, but I didn't think nothing of it. I thought, okay, that maybe she's like being snarky. So did I miss, did I miss something? Like, have we seen her before? 
she was in some of the earlier episodes of the season. So she's definitely been around. But I think every time they see each other is always antagonistic. Um, yeah, I know I can't remember specific instances, but we've definitely seen her before. Like, there goes a problem. Like, you invented a problem so that you can write in a good ending. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for me, I just kind of wish they would have seeded it more. <laughs> yeah, they could establish her character a little better than they have. And just instead of just saving her life and now they're, you know, a couple. <laughs> <laughs> But guys, I am through all of my notes. Uh, does anyone else have any additional thoughts about the episode they want to have before we wrap things up? I do want to point out one small Easter egg that I caught. We're really brief, but I thought it was good that they did it. Uh, I think when she, when Freeman was calling the crew to action to remove the deck plating, and they were kind of cut scening to different areas of the ship. So you go back to like one of the sleeping quarters, one of the. Uh, officers had like a visor on like LaForge's. Really? Yeah. Pretty cool. I didn't think anybody else did that in Starfleet. And especially, you know, in TNG it was established that he really didn't have to have it. They had ways to fix his sight. That's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and give ratings and I will go first. I'll give this about a 4.5. I really enjoyed it. Not much to complain about. To me, it's just how all of these Lower Deck episodes should be. It should be a good Star Trek episode and throw the funny in there around that, you know, like Carrie said earlier. So, yeah, 4.5 for me. What about you, Carrie? I'm going to go to five. Oh, um, wow. Like I said, to me, when this show is at its best, it's like this show. This episode was. And if every episode was like this for the rest of the series, I would have no issues whatsoever so yeah five what about you john um uh, man i thought about this before we even started the podcast it's like again same way i don't remember exactly what i rated last episode but i know part of my reasoning was you know i really don't want to give it a five and then you know and not leave room for improvement and definitely you can improve or at least keep the same but this episode was so good i have to give it a five. Oh wow awesome awesome yeah, and let me just hedge. Like, I, I would have gave this one a five, but I gave last <laughs> week a five. And I think I did enjoy last week's episode just a, just a tiny bit more. Just a tiny bit more. I won't fault you for that. But that's a 4.5 from me, five from uh, Carrie, and a five from Jonathan. Awesome. This might be one of our highest rated Lord Dex episodes of all time. <laughs> no doubt. We all agree for once. Yeah. <laughs> As we should. Yeah. And maybe at some point down the line, we can have a postmortem on the whole season. I mean, it's been up and down. I mean, I'll give a few thoughts and maybe you guys can jump in if you want to. It's just been up and down for me. I mean, it's gone from the most reprehensible thing I've ever seen in Star Trek slash TV period to ending off on some of the best episodes I think they've done. And to me, it's just kind of where people's. Where, where, where your love for the for the silly falls on on your spectrum? Because there are some people that really love those super silly, super sexualized episodes that I just can't get on board with. You know, they all had good things within them, but it seems it's just been so up and down, so up and down for me. And so I don't know, man. I really don't how, don't know how to frame the season as a whole. But again. I just hope they're not always saving the best episodes for the last two and just give us crap otherwise. Does anybody else want to offer any thoughts on the season? Just keep it up on this, like like this episode, man. Just keep it up. I don't, I, I, I guarantee you that. Well, I'm not gonna say guarantee, but if they start next season with the crappy episodes, I can't guarantee to stay with it. I really can't. I mean, we've given them. This will be the third shot. You know what I mean? And yeah. you should have enough information now and enough feedback to kind of get it going in the right direction. And I know, like you said, there's a lot of people that like a lot of things that they've done, but I just, I have a hard time believing that the trick fans, I, I, I would believe, I would like to believe majority of them would rather see episodes like this than like the majority of the other episodes. Yeah. hundred percent care. Anything. I feel like when it was great, it was, it was as great as I would ever expect it to be in when it was bad, it was as bad as I could imagine. <laughs> um, especially that Magato episode. Oh my gosh! Like, whose idea was that? I want to like find them and like 
just have a stern talking to with them or something. But yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with your assessment that it was up and down. But the only other thing I'll say is I feel like they, even though we know like this episode is the pinnacle of or feel like probably a pinnacle of what it can be i do personally feel like there is room for them to be a, be more comedic and still achieve the goals they achieved in this type of episode it's just they have to be careful about what kind of comedy they choose to do and try to stay away from the force stuff like like you guys are saying with the um cetacean ops like that whole thing kind of seemed forced with the talking dolphins and yeah. It was just completely out of place. Like as long as they can stay away from stuff like that and and try to stick to the more trickish type humorous situations that you would never find like a regular Star Trek crew in and like what makes that fun, I feel like it can get even better. Um but I still think this episode deserves a five and for the whole season, I definitely can't give the season a five, maybe like a a three and a half to four. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap things up with that. Thank you guys for joining. And please let us know anything you've been watching, listening to, podcast related or otherwise. And let's start with you, Carrie. Nothing related plug. Just still playing Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters on Steam. That's all I got. <laughs> they're fun. <laughs> Final Fantasy Pixel Remastered? Yeah, um, they, they're remastering Final Fantasy 1 through 6. Ooh. And you can get them each on Steam, and um, they're fully translated with updated Super Nintendo-esque graphics. Nice. Nice. Cool. Cool. Yep. Jonathan, what about you, man? Not much, man. The only thing I can recommend, and I think it's just, there's a new show on NBC, La Brea, uh, and it's one of those shows that you would expect from NBC, and it'd probably get canceled after a couple of seasons. <laughs> But that being said, the first four episodes I have really enjoyed. And, you know, it may be some scientific, they might get a little loose with the science of it all, which is fine. I can get over that. Like, but it's still a good story, good characters, and I'm just enjoying it. Can you spell that? La Brea? La Brea, like the La Brea tar pits in California's uh, L-A-B-R-E-A. Okay. Huh. Um, yeah, I checked it out. And it's about basically a sinkhole. So La Brea tar pits in California, which really aren't that deep. They're like two foot deep, but in actuality. But for some reason, a sinkhole opens up under these tar pits as a massive sinkhole in California. And a bunch of people failed through. Well, come to find out there's somehow it opened up a rift in time. <laughs> <laughs> so they failed through time to that part of Los Angeles just back in 10,000 B.C. Oh, God. Land of the Lost. Living Basically. in the <laughs> I just love that show. Hey, I might give this a, a shot because, yeah, that sounds like my It's good kinda. fun, man. It's good fun. I mean, don't don't take it too. Don't, don't this take is on it. NBC? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And you can watch it for free on their website. So Wow. Well, for me, what I've been watching, I've just been trying to... I still haven't finished Ted Lasso, which I got like one one more episode left. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to finish it up, and I can't wait to get caught up on this season of The Morning Show, which is also an um, Apple TV Plus show. And also Foundation. I still haven't started watching Foundation, so I can't wait to, to get into that. So, yeah. Yeah, plenty of stuff to watch, more than I have time to, to, to actually do so. So can't wait to get into all that stuff and report back. <laughs> but that's going to be it, guys. But thank you all for joining. And if you want to send us feedback, send it into fans at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any and all social medias. Lower Decks is over. We can't wait to get into some Prodigy in the coming weeks. And we'll be here to hopefully review it all. So until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe.
board for adventure. Your traveling companions are fellow fans of Doctor Who. That's right, it's the podcast Discussing Who, exploring the worlds of Doctor Who, past, present, and future. Find out more at DiscussingWho.com. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.